What's going on? Welcome to the Stay Locked In podcast featuring Ben Jasek and Mark Poston, where we're going to be talking all things fitness, exercise, nutrition, and trends in the industry. Our first guest here is Casey Chin. That's right. Casey is a retired CFL player. Uh, he is a trainer. He is a coach. He spends a lot of time working with general population as well as developing young athletes. Today, we talked to him about his CFL career. We talked to him about his uh, personal training programs, uh, his approach to youth athlete development, and uh, we're really excited to bring it to you guys. Hope you enjoy. All right, greetings, you savages, and welcome to the Stay Locked In Fitness Podcast. Uh, you got Mark here. I am a certified strength and conditioning specialist, nutrition coach, and trainer. To my left, I have Benjamin Jasek. Ben, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, also working in the fitness industry, uh, men's physique competitor, and uh, nutrition coach as well. And I am very excited today to welcome on to the podcast, uh, Mr. Casey Chen. Casey, welcome and thanks for coming in today, man. No, I appreciate it. I'm uh, super, super excited. Um, I love podcasts, so to be on one is uh, going to be pretty, pretty, pretty real. Yeah, we're going to keep it pretty fast and loose today, man. But uh, just so everyone kind of has an idea of who you are, why don't you just give us a, a, a rough breakdown of uh, who, who's Casey? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll kind of condense it. So basically my background... Um, Played a lot of sports growing up. Uh, I actually grew up in Port Moody. Went to high school in New Westminster. But I've been playing football since I was nine years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of the sport I ended up falling in love with. But I played everything. Like I did gymnastics when I was a kid. I was a trampolinist uh, for a while. You know, any sport you can think of, that's what I did. Uh, football just happened to be the one that I had the most success in. So did that. Uh, ended up going to New West while living in Port Moody because uh, my mom's a French Canadian, so I, I'm fluent in French. But it was the only, it was the closest school, I guess, that was uh, French immersion and football in the same school. So I ended up going there. Um, was that uh, the Hayek? Yeah, it Hayek? was the Hayeks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So went there. Um, I had some success again, so ended up getting a scholarship to go to SFU. Um, played there four years, so I started as a true freshman, which was great. Um, then ended up getting drafted by the BC Lions in 2014, played there for two years, and then I finished out my last two years in Edmonton, and then, uh, yeah, now I am, uh, now I'm a trainer. Yeah. yeah. I get to mess around just like you guys do. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, I, uh, I got the opportunity to get to know you a little bit because of uh, our experiences. We work out in the same, in the same facility together. And, uh, I like, I, I remember the first time that I saw you working out in the gym and, uh, it was just one of those, one of those experiences of just real recognize real, uh, man, you got the, you got the intensity while you're in there. Casey has no music on the go. He's, uh, you, you want to talk about the personification of staying locked in during his workout. And I was like, shit, I got to go over there and uh, introduce myself to this guy. So no, I remember you were like, hey, do you do CrossFit? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no, but I like to get after it. No, so no like, music when you're training? No, I mean, there's music playing in the gym, but no, yeah. I just, I don't like having headphones in. Okay. Um, sometimes I'll put it in if I'm like messing around on a cardio machine, but no, not when I'm going. I don't want to think about anything. Yeah. Falling so, out of your ears or anything like yeah, that. I don't really need it. Just need the sound of the weights, man. Yeah. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough, bro. That, that's how you know you're dealing with a, a true psycho <laughs> 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 is when you see somebody in there in the gym getting after it, uh, with, with no assistance and no headphones on. 
Um, yeah, man, right on. I think that's awesome that uh, you kind of talked about your early background in, in terms of athletics, getting started in something like gymnastics. Um, that was huge, man. Like I, I didn't mention I did Taekwondo too, but I think like something that you're going to learn some body control at a young age helps you out so much. Yeah, I, mean, I was hoping you could kind of speak to that a little bit because in, in my experience, um, having worked with many, many people, um, the people that have a background in either martial arts or gymnastics tend to be the ones that have the greatest athletic potential. And you're yeah. somebody who gets to spend a lot of time working with young athletes. Yeah, no, I I mean, I, it comes back to that body control, I think, because you're, you get used to moving your body in ways that you don't normally do, I guess, in your everyday life, right? So like when you're in gymnastics, you're going upside down, you're doing cartwheels, or you're supporting yourself, you're holding yourself. Mm-hmm. Taekwondo, you're throwing kicks, like how often are regular people throwing kicks, you yeah. know? So you get to learn how your body moves and how, it can, how to control it. And then when you kind of apply that to sports, and I kind of feel like all sports help all sports. Mm-hmm. So if you start at a young age where you get to use your whole body and it doesn't really matter what you do from that point on, you're going to have just a little bit of an edge over every other kid. Um, as you get going, I think, uh, funny enough that you say that Mark and I talked about this cause there was a young athlete who came into the gym not too long ago and his dad was like the, the full on hockey dad where he's like, you know, just throws money at the situation, whatever, whatever the cost is basically to get his kid to the NHL is what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, well, you should talk about, you met him at the supplement store. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, How actually the guy, um, young, young high school, the, the guy was about, okay. So this kid was 16. He was uh, about what a buck twenty five or something like that, like, like a six foot four, and, and like yeah, oh, and like no. <laughs> well over well over six feet. So he's like a coat rack walking around. Right. And I met them at uh, the Popeyes. I was doing a supplement demo there, and uh, these guys these guys walk in. You know, they're checking out protein powders and stuff like that. And I just get chatting with them, and I let them know that I work at the Good Life Fitness, and uh, kind of start digging in a little bit on what their story is. And essentially, like this kid, I guess, is a goalie. And uh, he's made the team, the, like the highest level team every single year. Right. And this was the first year he was cut from the team because he just didn't have the size and, and strength behind him. Yeah. So, of course, the obvious solution to that is like, we got to get the, we, we gotta get this guy on some motherfucking protein powder. Yeah. <laughs> so they go in there looking for the solution. And I'm like, guys, like the solution is not going to be in Popeye's, unfortunately. Yeah. Like I'll sell you a protein powder, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not what you're going to be looking for. Whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's a big problem, though, too, with like a lot of times it is the parents. Yeah. Too, but like just in general too, like you're saying they're they're going to come in and you they think that supplements is going to be the solution, right? Or mm-hmm. or whatever, or more training, or more sport, more sport, the right. same sport. Like, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about like overuse injuries and things like that about kids just mm-hmm. doing the same thing yeah. over and over and over. Like that's what I say. Like play a bunch of sports. I always tell yeah. kids like yeah. you want to play as many sports as you can for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And you end up like a Deion Sanders or a Bo Jackson, but like it all helps because it's just, it makes you a better athlete. And I have this debate with a lot of people. So I'm actually, I'm curious to see what you guys think. I think that most people, if you play sports or not, are either more of an athlete or more athletic. Right. So in my opinion, if you're an athlete, you can pick up sports. Mm-hmm. You can play baseball. You can kick a soccer ball. You can play golf. You can do this and that. You'll pick up the skill of the sport pretty easy. Right. If you're athletic, you can jump. You can run. You're strong. You can do this. Now, obviously, everybody's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the highest levels, it's kind of like mixed into together. Yeah. But I've always found that I was more of an athlete than athletic. 
and I had to work more at the athletic side, then like I could pick up any sport and I was always pretty good at Mm -hmm. it, you know? So it was, what do you guys think of that? Yeah. I mean, I can definitely relate to that a little bit. Like I feel like I'm probably sitting on the other side of that a little bit more being a little bit more athletic, but not necessarily being able to translate that skill into sports specific stuff as well. Like whenever I was put through combines, like testing, like your sprint time, your jumping, I was, I'd crush it, man. I would absolutely crush it. I was always top ranked, but I mean that, that never translated itself into, you know, like lofty heights in athletic career. Um, yeah. And I, I think what you said there is, is, is absolutely right. And, you know, talking about, you know, the parents and the over-specialization of young athletes from a young age, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a huge problem nowadays. Um, and like, this is, you know, the, the kid that we were talking about earlier is just a, was just a perfect example of that. Like the dad had basically shaved off of like any other, any other activities that that kid would be doing. And, you know, when we, I got him into my office and we're kind of talking about the type of training that they had that kid doing they were at these very specific like sports centers and performance high, centers, performance and centers like and, hi, and hired and they're working hockey specific, hockey too. specific yeah, yeah, like yeah. hockey specific. Right. So, and they've got this kid doing like plyometrics and like all this, like really advanced, very sports specific training modalities. And he's just, a he's just a bag of bones, man. Like yeah. he's, there's mm-hmm. just, he'd be back on some weight and exactly. learn how to build some strength. So even some but stability too yeah. is going to be important. And one thing that you said once that really stuck with me was like, when it comes to young athletes and just diversifying a little bit what they're doing is like you build that base as wide as you possibly can and then like when you go up from there it's just going to provide you the best kind of outcome yeah at the end of it all yeah 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 so Kate, maybe you could talk about that a little bit because i mean you're that's definitely a little bit more in your vein you have the opportunity to work with a bunch of young athletes so what is your approach when it comes to building that wide foundation so okay that's a great question now I work with a bunch of different athletes, right? Or various sports, I should say. Mm-hmm. Now, my, I don't want to say speciality, but I definitely know a lot more about the football side yeah. than any other sport. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, and this is something that I was kind of taught when I was playing at SFU from our strength coach, Derek Hansen. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a huge guy on speed and everything like mm-hmm. that. But he always told us, because we never really used to do like, football drills in the off season. Like it wasn't like we'd have our speed sessions and we had our lifting sessions and then some conditioning sessions, yeah. everything else in between. And he, the way he kind of explained it to me was like, look, my job is to make you more athletic mm-hmm. is to make you a better, uh, I don't say athlete, but a better <laughs> athlete, right? A stronger athlete, a bigger athlete, a quicker athlete. My job isn't to make you better at football. Right. Right. So I kind of take that approach with all the athletes that I train, unless they're a football player because I can't help them there as well. Right. But my goal is to make you a better version of whatever you are now. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to teach you how to hit a slap shot. I don't know the first thing about that. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But I can teach you how to use your hips properly and Mm -hmm. get the power in there. right? Right. And rotation, all this stuff. So... When I get an athlete, the first thing I do with all of them is like the first session is always kind of like a assessment, right? Mm-hmm. Most of my assessment, and you could probably really, uh, Joe does Joe, this all the time. Joe DeFranco, yeah, yeah, Joe DeFranco is you just put them through whatever your dynamic is. Yeah. And when my dynamic, it incorporates, you know, moving all different types of planes, bending over, mm-hmm. balancing, and just seeing where you're weak. What can you do? What can't you do? Um, for the most part though, um, 
I think that speed, I mean, you hear it all the time, speed kills mm-hmm. um, in any sport. If you're faster, um, a lot of times you're just going to be a better player. Yeah. So um, sprinting is a huge part of what I do. And I do a lot of the stuff outside because you can have the room there. Mm-hmm. And actually, good life now, you guys got this, the little turf <laughs> area right, there. Man. It's nice that I could do some sprints indoors, especially with weather like this today. Yeah. But speed is going to be huge. Power is going to be huge. And mm-hmm. strength is going to be huge. Yeah. So when I'm assessing them, depending on what their capabilities are, you know, sometimes you got to go back to the fundamentals, whether that be learning how to squat properly, you know, get them on a box. Can you sit on the box? Can you stand up from the box? Mm -hmm. You know, and progressing from there. When it comes to the sprint work, a lot of it is, especially from a young age, I like to work on mechanics early, Mm -hmm. um, but make it simple and fun, you know, um, you know, depending on the athlete too, like I have 10 year olds that are, you know, they're, they're really just there because their parents put them in there. Mm -hmm. Right. So for them, you still want them to get something out of it, but you want them to have a good time. You want them to build kind of like you guys were talking about last time, a good relationship with training and with working out so that they come back. Mm -hmm. But then I have another 10 year old or he's 12. He's unreal. Yeah. Might be the most amazing 12 year old (laughs) ever seen. And for him, I train him like I would any other athlete at high school and university level because he can handle it and he can do it. Yeah. So it's going to vary obviously from person to person, but I would say that you just get, you, you got to start with the basics, right? And especially when they're young and you guys kind of talked about this last time, you, if you, especially when you come to the weights, um, you just got to make sure they're safe. Their mm-hmm. technique is sound before mm-hmm. you start doing other things. Mm-hmm. And like everybody, and like probably all of us when we were younger, you don't, you know, the ego hits, you feel good. Mm-hmm. You're wearing a sleeveless shirt and you cut off you look <laughs> terrible, right? But <laughs> And you're just loading up weight for no reason and kind of like you're going to learn from your mistakes, which is a good thing. But if I can prevent that and have them kind of trust in the process, Mm -hmm. a big thing that helps me um, with athletes is that I I made it to that high level. Mm -hmm. So they can kind of at least... I don't know. They're like, this guy knows what he's talking about, right? Mm -hmm. They can kind of relate to that a little Mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. No, it does, I don't man. Want me to answer, but what what I take away from that is that fundamentally, what you're looking to do is is work on the inputs that allow somebody to ultimately express athleticism, right? So, yes. like from from the baseline foundation, like if if the opportunity lays in that person's movement patterns, then those move those functional movement patterns are ultimately going to be translated into that sport specific work. Yeah. So if it's the movement patterns that need to be focused on, we're working on that. If it's the stability, if it's the chassis between the shoulders and the hips that you find to it's be the, so many things, yeah, the the limiting factor yeah. there, then then that's the thing that needs to be addressed. But it's like we're touching on the basic inputs that are ultimately like when combined mm. and executed at a high level, yeah. going to translate into someone having a higher athletic potential. I think it's I think it's really interesting and just really cool like that you as a coach kind of have that assessment of you know even just a difference of two years, ten to twelve years old is like. For somebody like a 10-year-old, you know, you find that spectrum of like, I just got to make this fun enough for them to want to come back so it's not a hassle for their parents to get them here. And they, you know, I think the end goal with somebody like that is going to be to develop them into somebody who becomes passionate about the type of training you're doing with them Um, versus that higher end of the spectrum is going to be that 12-year-old who's just a a weapon, right? Yeah. Um, So I'm interested to know, like, how are you as a coach kind of assessing, like, what the line is in terms of what each athlete can handle at, at what age and like when does it become maybe a little bit too much for them um, beyond 
you know, as an adult, you, you can really push people because yeah. mentally we're a little bit stronger than a 12 year old. Right. So it's, it's funny you say mentally, cause that's the, that was my answer. You, and to be fair, this isn't for everybody, mm-hmm. but what I've found, and I've only been doing this for like four to five years working from, you know, young to, like I said, pro athletes or whatever. So your mentality is everything. You know what I mean? And it's, it's crazy because you can see it when they're young, you can see it at high school, university, whatever. And I don't want to say you can tell when a kid doesn't have it because Mm -hmm. some kids do change and that, that's, that's the truth. But some kids, you just know right off the get, it doesn't matter what this kid does. This Mm -hmm. kid is going to go. I remember one time, uh, we were doing, um, I was doing like this drop-in football thing. It was in like a elementary school. Young kids kind of there trying to have fun. We had fun, but the group was just kind of messing around too much, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things I do when I coach is like you should with anybody is you got to have some respect. You got to have some sort of control, especially yeah. the younger they get, you know, they'll yeah. just run wild, which is okay at times. But sometimes, you know, when you want to try to teach them something, you got to make sure they're locked in. And I was like, okay, guys, we're going to run, you know, like a, like a, some sort of like a suicide, right? So everybody takes off, right, and comes back. And I'm like, okay, you got to sprint, right? And of course, the first one, right, everybody goes, comes back, half mm-hmm. of them are jogging, some are walking, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, no, look, guys, listen, like, you got to sprint. We're yeah. going to do it again until everybody sprints. And we had this little chubby kid. He reminded me of me because <laughs> when I was young now, yeah, I was, I never missed any meals. I put it on. <laughs> but he gunned it. And he's not moving fast, right? But he yeah. gunned it. Doom. The heart, the heart was there. The heart was there. But yeah. that's something that you can't coach. Mm, for sure. So when it for comes sure. to like your question, like obviously there's going to be some physical limitations. But a lot of times you'd be so surprised what kids can do because they don't really know what their limits are. You know what I mean? I try to say that I don't know what my limits are. That's why you got to keep pushing it, right? Now, obviously there's a point of diminishing return and all that, but... It's incredible to see some of these kids, what they can do or what they, they just go, Mm -hmm. go, go, go. And to a certain degree, you know, it kind of goes against, I guess, all the things that you learn about scientifically. Right. But sometimes you got to see what somebody's made out of. And as long as you have that, everything else will follow. It doesn't really matter what you do because they're going to put everything they got into it. And I have a little saying that I coach everybody the same in the way that I demand your best. I, I always have like two rules, show up on time and give me everything you got. If you do those two things, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. You'll see results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll definitely see results. And then, you know what, that goes beyond training and everything. I think yeah. if you show up on time in life and you put everything you have into it, like you're going to be successful in something. Right. And so a lot of the times with kids too, is like speaking to not knowing their limits is like, as a kid, you find your limits by breaking a bone, <laughs> by like throwing up. It's like, okay, I trained too hard today yeah, because yeah, I threw yeah, yeah, up yeah, at the yeah. end of it. Right. And that's yeah. kind of how you find like what those limits are. And yeah. as adults, we find like any reason, any excuse, like negative self-talk, whatever it is to tell ourselves why we can't do it. And yeah. kids just don't necessarily have that like internal dialogue happening. Yeah. I mean, there's the, always that nature versus nurture argument. And it's, it's one of those things that 
it's it's the biggest argument for getting your kids involved in like some tough physical activities, some team sports where they're going to be exposed to that adversity, where they're going to have mentors and idols and people that are going to be pushing them. Because if you're not exposed to that at a young age, then you're never going to have the opportunity to express that later in life. And I think we've all encountered individuals the, just just buttery pillow soft where you just know for a fact that they just didn't experience any of that resistance or any of that kind of like mental toughness yeah. training from a young age. Um, I love, I love the message there, uh, which is, you know, obviously staying locked in and uh, it's, you know, it's really interesting how, you know, certain, you can just see that spark in, in certain young kids. Yeah. But having said that too, right? Like some, everybody's different. You can push, you want to push your kids, but you don't want to push them over the mm-hmm. edge, right? You right. want to get as much as you can out of them. Um, show them that they're in a sense better or they're capable of more than what they think they're capable of. Mm-hmm. But then there's other kids too, right? You got to take them to the side. You got to, you know, coddle them a little bit. You got to tell them, you know, feed them, I don't want to say lies, but you got to tell them they're, you know, it's okay. You're here now. You'll yeah. grow. But those are the kids that if they keep coming back and that's the thing, if you, if they keep coming back, especially when they're young, you know, sometimes, yeah, it is your parents, right? But then you'll hear from the parents and who, I mean, I'm, I'm going to believe them. Right. Yeah. But yeah, he talks about you, you know, mm-hmm. he wants to come back. He wants to do more this, mm-hmm. that. And then it's a positive thing that way. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, to kind of get back and kind of wrap it all, it's pretty incredible what some of these kids can do. And mm-hmm. I think that like anything, it comes back to what's going on between your ears. As long as that's focus, like you don't need, you really don't need much else. You mm-hmm. don't need music. You know what I mean? You don't need anything, anybody. You could just motivate yourself. And you know what I mean? That's the point that you want to get everybody to. Yeah. Right. Like we don't want to train people forever. Mm-hmm. We want to get to the point where they don't need our help anymore yeah. and they know what to do and they can do that on their own. Right. But it's about building those habits. It's about pushing them and showing them what they can actually do. Right. Yeah. And to the point where they'll surprise you. Oh, I didn't think you could do that. Right? For sure. And then that's really where the reward comes from as a coach. Yeah. Cool. And it's like, such an interesting way to diversify your skill sets as a coach to be interacting with all those different age groups because you have those clients like from from the young age and I know you work with people yeah. who, who are full-blown adults as well and you know having to adjust your coaching style and be flexible and you know you're always adapting to the person that you're working with kind of changing your inputs you, you have to be malleable like that in order to get the best out of them so it, it's you know it's got to be extremely valuable working with those young kids it's great it's made me a better coach in the long run because you have to I mean I've seen everybody at the well I don't want to say everybody but so many it's such a wide range and mm-hmm. so many different like groups and ages and everything like the other well, two weeks ago I trained this like mother and her two kids and it was just like this has never happened before yeah. this could go I don't you know what I mean like where do I start with yeah. that you know you go back to the warm-up okay what can these people do right <laughs> okay there's young kids one was 12 one was or one was 10 one was eight gotta make it fun yeah right but you also got to make it good enough for the mom to get something out of it right so it, I don't know but it, it, I mean, it's good, right? It makes you think on your toes sometimes. And obviously you have a plan, but a lot of times, to be honest with that age group, the plan goes out the window For a sure. lot of times. And you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. well, and it's all about kind of like being engaged as well. Like I said, having a good time. Well, crap, if they're liking this and crap, you know, yeah. maybe we'll just keep doing this mm-hmm. for a bit, you know, making it enjoyable. But yeah. Yeah. It's all about getting work done at that point. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so man, one of the things that I respect most about you is, you know, you, you had your athletic career and it seems like your, your training and your focus on your personal fitness and your personal development has just continued to climb, you know, uh, you know, after that it's, you work extremely hard on yourself. You have very specific programs and a very unique training style. So I kind of wanted to take a little bit of time to, to dig in the, into that today. Um, I guess I kind of wanted to start, um, just by kind of unpackaging, what, like, what would you say the biggest influences in your programming and training style are? Because you have, you have a very unique approach to how you go yeah, about it's training. Kind of, uh, it's kind of it's craziness. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta go back to uh, university again. Like Derek Hansen, he was such a big influence on me and the way that we train there. That's where I learned how to train. Well, I shouldn't how to train properly. Yeah. In high school, we actually had a decent weight room and that's where I learned how to do Olympic lifts. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, we had our linebacker coach was, I mean, to this day, some of the things he taught, taught me, that's how I teach it. Cause yeah. it cued me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and as you know, you know, cues are going to change depending on people. But like, so if I go back though, it really comes down to university because in high school, it's just kind of like, ah, here you go. Yeah. Like get kids excited about working out, mm-hmm. which of course I was yeah. right. So I'm in there and doing crazy, just things. everything <laughs> Max and now clean this, that, but honestly, like it helped me out. Right. And then when I got to university, I had such a good base because I was, I was in love with working out. Um, didn't like running as much, but mm-hmm. I was in love with working out. And then when we got to university, you get on a program, right? You got this, this day, and we had a high low. So we did, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday was lifts. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays was sprint days. Mm-hmm. So during the off season, we focused heavy on building speed and getting big and strong. Yeah. Um, later on in the summer, we added our conditioning days and field work days where we as a team would organize throw rounds. But um, so the way I kind of um, look at, I guess, the way I split my programs up um, I kind of go back to some of that, um, but if you're like me, you always go too much. You always kind of have that mentality, and I know it's wrong, but more is better. Mm-hmm. Um, when I stopped playing, I uh, I knew I was going to train. I think I'm going to, to be honest, I'm going to train until the day I die. That's yeah. how I honestly feel. And people are like, oh, when you're, like I was at a gathering yesterday for a friend's birthday, and then like, oh, you're like, yeah, man, train hard now. Cause you know, like when you're 30, you know, it's not going to, maybe when you're 30, you know what I mean? But like, I feel like I'm going to be like, I feel fine. I feel better now than I did some days than I was playing, especially without all that contact. As you learn, as you progress, like things just like get more heated, more intense, more But at the same time, I feel like I'm, I don't want to say train harder. Cause obviously you always, I mean, depending on if you're calling about your intensity, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've always been training hard, but just a bunch of things and you learn different things, right? So like, obviously when we're in university, we're training for a specific goal. That was to be a good football player. And it was pretty basic, but you know, we'd bench, we'd clean, we'd squat three times a week, mm-hmm. bench, clean, squat, or we'd snatch on Wednesdays mm-hmm. and then we'd do front squats or some sort of variation. Um, so, and then I kind of got into, you know, listening to other, like I said, podcasts and other I would say experts in their fields or, you know, renowned trainers like Joe DeFranco, Mm -hmm. you know, what is he doing? Right. We know, I, you know, when, when I was part of that team, I didn't, 
go away from the program. Mm-hmm. Whatever the program was, I would do that. And then, you know, I'd do extra. And I, but I'd always ask Derek. I'd be like, hey, is this, is this going to work for what? Because he programmed it, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to do too much. And then next thing you know, you're getting overtrained or whatever. And to be honest, I'm probably overtrained anyways. I'm probably overtrained now, <laughs> right? But like, yeah. you know, it, there's a, like, again, it comes back to your mentality. If you think it's going to help you, it's probably going to help you. So, um, got into the Louis Simmons stuff, um, just different exercises. So when I found bands, um, I found like that helped a lot. Yeah. And it was a big thing for me when I stopped playing football and stopped doing that type of training, Mm -hmm. like the split or whatever it was. And at that time we had a different split that Derek was trying called the high, high. So instead of going high, intensity (laughs) low, we did high, high. Just always going hard. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I, it's still kind of like that. What I do now. So we used to have two lifts that day. That's it. And it was like, uh, I don't know. It was maybe like 10 sets of two or something, but you'd only do the two lists and then you'd be done. Mm-hmm. And then we'd sprint twice a week and then you do your uh, um, tempo runs twice a week. Mm-hmm. You know, as a football player, you don't really need to do the assault bike or right, anything yeah. like that. But then that was all the reason for me to try new things, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why I'm doing this CrossFit thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I throw yourself into new random stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, so I like that. Um, and honestly, I, 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 I lost a bunch of weight after playing like, Going into pro, I lost a, like probably like 15 pounds. I was probably like at my heaviest in university at like 235. Damn. And I'm... I as, a, as a linebacker. As a linebacker, yeah. yeah. So I was an undersized linebacker, but like we also played American football SFU, which is... Do you guys watch football? Quite yes. a bit? Yeah. So you know the difference between the Canadian mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So the American game is very like downhill, boom, boom, yeah. boom. So you... Plugging the poles. And oh, yeah. yeah. So that was... I was hitting. So... I need a little bit more weight or at least that's how I'm justifying it now, but it helped. Like, I don't think I could do the same things. I think I could, I mean, I always think I could play, but I think it'd be a lot harder at this weight to do the same things that I did then. So after I was done, I was like, there's not really a, a need to be this big. So let's see, let's just see what I can do, Mm -hmm. you know? So I started doing a bit more research, listening to different things, different theories about what people do. And, um, then you start making your own programs. And that's like a scary thing too, because you're like, you want it to work. You do this, you yeah. do that. And I still flirt around with things, give yeah. things shot, you know, got new equipment in the gym. Now, you know, you got to yeah. try it out. New toys. But, um, what I've come down to now is kind of like, I'll use the same kind of high, high split where like on Mondays I do, um, we're actually, sorry. So I did, I did, kind of like the West side method with a dynamic effort and max effort. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. Like it, it, everything that I did, I felt like I got better somewhere. Yeah. You know, I might've lost things other places, but in the end of the day, like I know that I could do, like, I feel like I'm, and I'm still learning. You we're always learning in this business, especially, mm-hmm. but like if I wanted to get better at my squat, I know what I could do to do that. Yeah. Right. If I want to get better at this, I know what I need to do to do that and that and that and that. Um, Something I never stopped doing was sprinting. Um, I'm hoping I can always sprint, mm-hmm. you know. Um, also, it's it's such a great max effort thing mm-hmm. that, honestly, a lot of people don't do. For sure. You know, and uh, 
Yeah, that's something people don't understand about sprinting is it's a very like there's a lot of hypertrophy involved in in a, in a sprinting workout. Is, yeah. Like if you look at a at a specific program sprinting workout, there might be like three to five max effort sprints at the yeah. top end of a sprint, yeah. and you're smoked yeah. after that, man. You're yeah. smoked after that. So you try I, to you try to go after it in the bedroom once in a while, <laughs> and you'll find out how how it feels to sprint. Yeah, <laughs> after thirty seconds of hopping <laughs> and popping. So, um, yeah, man, I like, I, I see you, you work a lot with bands and I see you recording a lot of your workouts and everything. I'm, I'm somebody who spends a lot of time uh, experimenting with programming as well. I, I do a lot of programming for other people. I do a yeah. lot of programming for myself. So I was, I was hoping you kind of talking through the process a little bit. Like, how do you start in particular okay. for yourself? Like, how do you lay the foundations? Like, this is what I want to work on. And then like, where do the inputs kind of get plugged in from there? So, okay. That, okay. So how I start now, there's nothing really specifically I'm working on. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know numbers that I've hit. Right. And I, like I, I started logging a lot more seriously to the point where like I'm writing details in terms of like what band was on there, what, how many reps, how hard was it? How did it feel? What date is it? Right. Mm-hmm. You got Whatever. that green duo tank going at all. Yeah. Well, I actually threw, I, that one, yeah, that was good. I got a little black notebook, which is perfect. Cause it's like palm size now. So oh, it's like, you're it's, fucking old school, man. You got the notebook. <laughs> you know what? It, it, it's, yeah. It's it feels nice real that way. It, it feels real. This yeah, happened. Yeah. So, um, so to, yeah, to get back to, it, I'm not really trying to work on anything, mm-hmm. but I don't want to lose anything. Yeah. So, I'm going to squat. I'm going to deadlift. Mm. I'm going to do a form of Olympic uh, clean, a form of Olympic snatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some sort of upper body, whether that be a bench or a military press. Um, I usually throw in both, mm-hmm. to be honest. But every day I'm focusing on the way it is right now. I'm focusing on one compound. Um, now, I don't split my days um, in terms of upper lower, or I'm doing a back day. I'm mm-hmm. doing, you know what I mean. I'm not doing the body. It's not the bro deal. split going on. No, um, which there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like I feel like it depends what your goals are. For sure. You know, if I was gonna do a bodybuilding competition, I feel like that might be the way to go because that's yeah. what everybody does, right? Like if I was gonna be a power lifter, I'd probably change up the way I'm gonna do it. Yeah. But I've always yeah. tried to basically when I'm doing compounds like. Uh, like a deadlift or a squat or a bench, I'm a power lifter. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be at least when I'm doing my Olympic lifts, I'm a weight lifter, yeah. you know? And then when I do all my other accessories, then I can focus more like a bodybuilder and get into the muscle and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to take different things, but basically I'm trying to do those. I'm trying to hit those and the reps will vary right now. I'm trying, um, I basically did a month of five rep max. Yeah. So building up to five. Um, so the volume is actually not that much but the intensity is super high. Yeah. Um, what I found, honestly, I feel pretty good. Um, I thought that I, my, my central nervous system would kind of take a hit. Yeah. And to be honest, some days it does, but because I kind of roll in, you know, the conjugate style yeah. where I rotate, um, what I do. So say Monday's a squat day for me, mostly, mm-hmm. um, I might do a box squat one week. The next week I might do a zercher squat. Yeah. That was right. going to be my next question. Like, do you have a specific movement pattern where you're like, this is like the flavor that I'm going after right now. And I'm going to work on progressing this, or are you getting in there? You're just like, I'm, I'm on- picking a pattern and getting after it. Honestly, the, the, like the split is the same or mm-hmm. about, um, 
But in terms of like what I'm going to do that day, I kind of decide either the night before. It's constantly variable. It is. It is. And I find like, honestly, it's helped me in a lot of ways because it, pin, it pinpoints your weaknesses a mm-hmm. lot of times and things like something that I never used to train a lot of was my hamstrings. Mm-hmm. And ever since I started training my hamstring, I'm not talking like lying hamstring curls. Nordic you know? curls. Nordic curls, yeah, or or the band hamstring curls, yeah. like throwing in super ridiculous volume of like 300 banded hamstring curls a day, mm-hmm. right? I did that for like a month where <laughs> I did that. I did a three sets of 50s every single day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, after the first two days, I was like, I'm not doing this. this is stupid. It's not going to help me. Right. But yeah. I was like, you know what? Let's just, let's just go. Yeah. Well, let's just see what happens. Cause when you're not training for anything, you don't, you're not stressed out about anything. You're not mm-hmm. like you have all day. I have my whole life to see what I can do. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel, you know? Um, but yeah, anyway, so I, I did that and then you try and then you kind of figure out, you know what? Okay, good. That this does help, mm-hmm. but I don't need to do this much. Right? right. So a lot of it was like, you go kind of go, go, go probably to the point where it was great, go over the board and then you back off. Yeah. Right. And then you see where it can fit. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest issues is I could be in the gym from the crack of dawn till midnight. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't, it, I love it in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love just doing random stuff. It's, it's basically like a playground for adults. Um, you know, when done safely. But, yeah. uh, so yeah, so I, I'm trying to get, you know, I want to set good numbers, but I like lifting heavy. That's so, for sure. Um, do you have methods for how you track that progress? Like, do you have benchmark lifts where you know what your best is for this and you're kind of constantly jumping around? And I think what needs to be stated here is that, I mean, this is a perfect example of how different individuals are going to progress differently from different training stimulus. Like you're going to have somebody that needs to stick with that barbell back squat and get repeated exposure to that over and over to make that progress. And you're a perfect example of someone who's super fucking athletic, who can jump all over the gym and you know, the, the strength gains that you make in all these different exercises are then going to translate back in, into your back squat strength. Right. So are you, are you testing yourself to see what's working and what's not working? So I, I am. So you, I, the thing about me and I feel like everybody should do this is you got to give whatever you think is going to work. you got to give it time. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though I am kind of going heavy, a heavy five is different than a heavy one. Right. Like we can all agree on that. Oh, for so sure. like, it also taxes you a lot differently. Some days, you know, I'll go and it won't be as good, but then there'll be like the next week and I might do a different type of deadlift. And then I set a PR, mm. you know, so I'm still, to be honest with you, I'm still flirting around with it, like different things, especially this program. Cause it's the first time I've kind of tried something like this where it's that heavy all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to, and I completely agree when you're learning, you don't want to give them 10 things to mm, learn. Yeah. Give them one, get them real good at one, mm, sure. right? Because that's how I was built. I learned how to back squat. I learned how to uh, power clean. Mm. I learned how to power snatch um, and bench press. Yeah. Like that's that's what we did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now I'm pretty, you know, sufficient in all those. Yeah. So now I started just recently, probably the last two years, changing stances, mm-hmm. changing grips, uh, you know, putting the bands on, just little things like that. Now, I think the bands have been the one of the biggest things for me because it's taught me about being strong fast, which is power, right? Mm-hmm. But in compound movements like a squat yeah. or like a bench where you got to like finish, mm-hmm. finish every single one, you put yeah. those bands on, I think if you're not going fast enough, it's mm-hmm. not going to work. But um, yeah, I, I think I just, I try to 
see what my body is capable of. Yeah. Um, that goes in the gym that goes to like outside the gym too. But like when it comes to the gym, I love jumping. Mm-hmm. I still want to train like an athlete. Like I, I couldn't even, I can't even really explain how I train. Mm-hmm. I say I train like an athlete, whatever yeah. that means. <laughs> right. Cause I'm not doing a power lifter split. Yeah. I'm not doing a CrossFit mm-hmm. deal where I'm, I don't, to be honest, I don't really know. I've done CrossFit workouts here and there, but mm-hmm. in terms of like how that program would work, not my forte. Yeah. Right. I'm not doing a bodybuilder split. I'm kind of mixing it up. So what I try to do is I'll have days where I'll emphasize things. So I'll have my athlete leg day, mm-hmm. but it's not freaking till failure on quad extensions mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like I'm working on things that I feel like are going to benefit me and also get me strong. But you know, it's all a byproduct at the end. You are going to, you know, get aesthetically pleasing as well. So yeah. like, I don't know. I found like it's, it's worked for me. I definitely don't think everybody can do it, you yeah. know, like, and that's not trying to boast about myself. I just don't think it'd be safe. Um, I think you made a really good point there, man, with like, um, starting people off in the gym is like, you don't want to give them 10 things, give them one, let them get really good at that one thing. And I think something that we probably all see pretty frequently in the gym and something that really irks me is like people want to try new things all too often. And they want to come up with fancy new exercises. And I think Instagram has been like a real perpetuator of this. Yeah. Well, it's because um, it madness. sells, right? Like a lot of those things sell. A hundred percent, man. And, right. you know, people like I, I hope to spread the message one day to just like focus on the basics in the gym. Yeah. And, you know, even, you know, yourself, you've got over a decade experience doing this stuff. And despite the fact that you have a lot of variety in your program, you're sticking to basics um, in terms of exercises with that variety. Yeah. And I'm sure you're not seeing a lot of, uh, like, I, I just want to bring this up because I, it was yeah. very recent with me. Um, was I saw a guy, there's a, a, a row machine in the gym, that hoist row machine. Mm-hmm. And I saw him and the handles kind of like come together at a certain point and he was holding that point and using it as a chest press. Oh, like a tighter so you can get a bigger <laughs> kind of Something deal. like yeah, that. Yeah. And you know, we've all seen the guy in the gym that's like sitting sideways on the, uh, on the chest press machine Feels trying to pack. hit that inner, <laughs> trying to hit that inner pack and stuff like that. And you know, people people see this stuff wherever they see it and they always want to be trying new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. But there's so much to be said and so much value behind just like doing the basic stuff. It's not very sexy. It's not going to sell on Instagram or anything like that. But like you just got to put your head down and get the work done. And a lot of the time, like that's where you need to spend your time is 90% at least of what you're doing just needs to be hitting those basics. Foundation. Yeah. It comes back to the foundation, right? Like you need that. And it's like Louis says, or Louis Simmons says, right? You only, a pyramid's only as yeah. uh, lo- tall as its base or is wide, right? Yeah. So it's like, how are you? That's been the message. It's been the message all yeah. podcast. Yeah. I was telling Mark um, the other day is like, this guy's posting a, a, ro- a dumbbell row variation on Instagram. And there's a guy in the comments saying like, hey man, is this hitting your upper traps, your mid back or, and the guy's like, just row the weight, just <laughs> yeah. row. He's like, and it's like, are you really at the point where you need to be just focusing on your mid back? Uh, or is it like, you know, it's going to hit your back, man. Just, just row the weight, do the movement. Yeah. And uh, don't, don't worry so much about the, the specifics of it like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Casey, you got a, you got a bunch of stuff in your workouts that I would classify as uh, don't try this at home type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that type material. Some so stuff. Yeah. I, I wanted to, yeah. So I wanted to talk about like, so the, the bands are a huge thing, man. Like you use accommodating resistance a lot. I do. Yeah. So I, I want to know, like in, in your opinion, wh- like, because uh, you know, automatically what we just said about people see people using bands, like, Oh my God, I got to use bands. It's yeah. like where in somebody's like, 
progression and development do the bands ultimately come to fit in? Like if we're talking about someone just, you know, exhausting the basics, like learning how to back squat, benching, using those kind of like basic overloading progressions. Yeah. At, at one point in time, is something appropriate like the bands? Like when do we start introducing that? So I'm going to answer it like this. I think that if whatever you're doing, if it's working and you're seeing progress, don't stop. Mm-hmm. Keep yeah. doing that. That's for perfect. Sure. Perfect. For yeah. sure. Now, if you're hitting plateaus, then it might be time to change to something. Yeah. There's something where the bands might help you. Mm-hmm. Right. For me, I never use a comedy resistance ever in any way, really. Yeah. So when I added it in and then took it back out and tested myself, it was a huge difference. Yeah. So I would say you got to have a certain amount of, um, experience maybe. Yeah. You know, cause it, it, you can get overthrown with the bands, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't, if you don't know what the tension is or whatever, it's, you didn't look like an idiot. You right? jack yourself you, up. Exactly. Bands, right? right. And it becomes a little bit dangerous, especially if you're doing something like a bench press where that thing's going to get slung right down to you. Right. Yeah. So I would say, I don't know, like I, if I had to put like a year amount or something, you gotta be lifting for good, at least five years and yeah. be pretty strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't put, um, now we're talking about like adding it to a barbell or something like that, right? Yeah. Just because like, I use bands pretty early when it comes to sprinting, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Which is a completely different thing for yeah. sure. than because it becomes more like a sled kind of deal yeah. there um, or jumps or things like that. Like little things like that I find can be used, but when it comes to adding it to weight and accommodating resistance there, it's going to be, you just got, you, I don't want to say you can just tell, yeah. but if you can't squat properly or if you can't squat like 315, mm-hmm. you probably don't need bands. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could probably work on different things to get a bit stronger, right? If you can't bench press, I don't know, like 225 at least for reps. Like yeah. there's just like little numbers in my head that kind of mm-hmm. come back and it kind of comes back to like, when do you change and rotate? It's for like, sure. I f- in my head, I have like certain little numbers. That's like, if you can't hit these, don't worry about that stuff mm-hmm. right now. The, I mean, know? the answer I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, man, was when you start to experience that plateau and you kind of know it when you see it and it's so individual specific, right? Because you're going to have people that, you know, it's going to depend. It's going to depend on their training history. It's going to depend on their genetics. It's going to depend on the way that they respond to that training. You know, some people neurologically, you know, they're going to stall out on that straight weight like a a lot faster and you're going to, you're going to know it when you see it, but it, but it definitely will take that experience. Um, all right, man. Some, something else I wanted to talk about. You have long workouts in the gym. You're in there super early. They're not that long. They're very long. They're very long. I'm in there for a long time, but to be honest, they're they're not longer than two hours. Two hours is a long workout. Well, I, I have right. seen. Then they're long. <laughs> I have seen Casey deadlift at the beginning of a workout. Miss. So like 500 or something like that, do the rest of his workout, get pissed off, and then go, go back. back to it. <laughs> that is it. And hit it, though. And, and hit it. And hit it. That has to be stated. He does No hit. stone unturned. Yeah, but folks, don't try that at home. That's not, that's <laughs> not smart. That's, that's the um, psycho. I, I wanted, yeah, that is the psycho. I wanted to talk to you about your nutrition because you have a very unique approach. <laughs> um, I knew this was going to come yeah, up. That's cool. I, 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 need, uh, I need to know, like, like, when did you start experimenting with this? I mean, start from back in the football career because you had to carry yeah. a lot more weight and and ultimately the diet would have been very specific then and so talk to me about the evolution to where you are now 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back even further. So growing up, I... Um, loving parents, everything. We always had food on the table. That was never an issue. Um, mom wasn't a big cook, Mm. didn't like cooking. So a lot of, um, things from packages, um, which as you guys know, isn't, isn't, they're not whole foods. We weren't eating whole foods. Um, so I ate a lot. I got pretty big, but because I was playing so many sports it never, I mean, I was chunky, but it never made that big of a difference. Probably like if you were to give my blood test and stuff, wasn't great. Mm. I got to university. Some of that just kind of continued in a way. Um, cause I was living at home. Um, I was making my own food, but like I'd eat out all the time and we were like training all day. You know, you'd be up, you're at campus all day. You have a lift, you have practice, you have meeting, whatever. So by the end of the day, you don't want to go home and cook food. So mm-hmm. like, you know, just eating a lot of food. Um, and to be honest, it helped me get super strong. Yeah. Right. Um, weight moves weight. Um, once I, uh, got drafted, I was kind of like in playing the Canadian football game versus the American, I was going to have to run a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I shed some weight. I got, uh, one of the trainers that helped me get prepped for the combine kind of, so the football combine is, yeah, they test your athleticism, but there's, there's techniques to each of those tests, yeah. right? So like it's a lot of them are like a dance mm-hmm. where you figure out your steps, whatever. So he actually got me on a nutrition plan. Um, and that was pretty low calorie. So I was in a calorie deficit for a while and I got kind of used. That's the first time I dieted mm-hmm. ever. Um, and I had like a one, one cheat day, you know, and then you're on the diet. So that's where I first got introduced to kind of being, um, being on some sort of deficit that worked. Um, and to go then, you know, this kind of goes for all diets. They all work. Yeah. Every single diet works. It's all about what you can sustain or what you can adhere to in the long run. So what I found was it was kind of like a bodybuilder style where you're eating six times a day, kind of like what you're doing now, right? Like a lot of meals, frequency, frequency, um, in terms of the macros and stuff, it was tracked. I didn't, I never kept track of what my macros actually were. I just had like a sheet of a cup of this, Mm -hmm. a cup of rice, a cup, whatever. So I did that for a while. It worked. Um, played my first year. It all went well. And then I was just like, ah, I'm kind of tired of this. So I started eating other things, you know, listening to things, um, sticking still to the six meal a day type of deal. Um, but what I always found was I was just like, I just, I want to eat more. You know, I've always had a big appetite, like from before to now, like I guarantee you'd be surprised how much food I just put away. (laughs) Was the diet kind of like, was it relatively balanced in terms of macronutrients? It was, it was, yeah, yeah. it was, it was pretty balanced. Um, yeah, carbs, fats, protein. Protein was always high, but uh, yeah, in terms of the as carbs, it should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, so I kind of this, and then you come across some of this intermittent fasting stuff, right? And then uh, the keto thing was kind of being big then too. And the keto didn't necessarily attract me because I was mm. like, I don't, I don't know if I really want to do that. Mm. Like, it just seemed like, and you hear the stories of like the keto flu and this. I was like, uh. I don't know. But then I heard about intermittent fasting and like I said, I, I like to push things to the extreme. So I was like, so what do you do? You just don't eat basically. It's like, huh? And I already didn't like, uh, eating too much before I worked out. Mm-hmm. I felt like it just made me, I don't know. It felt kind of gross, yeah. like sloppy and whatever. 
And all I had most of the time before that, even before I started doing the fasting thing was uh, just like a bowl of oatmeal with like a banana. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, what's that? I can cut that out. Yeah. Um, and, but so when I stopped playing or I started it in training camp, I think when I was in Edmonton and it was fine. I was like, let's see what happens. You know, I might starve and I don't know, something bad might happen or I don't know if it works, it works. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening is, um, later on that year I got cut. So I ended up going back home and I started working a nine to five. Right. So it was actually a, I think it was an eight to four or mm-hmm. something like that. And I was painting. So I still stuck to the fasting and I was like, okay, I'm going to eat and the traditional right is the eight hour eating window. Yeah. Well, I didn't get off work till four and I was still training. Cause like I said, I, that's something I'm going to do regardless. I was painting and I would wake up at, that's when I started to wake up early to yeah. train. Um, I started waking up like four to go train. Then I go to work. Um, I was like, well, if I'm getting off home or if I'm done work at four and I don't get home till like four 30 and I need to be in bed by, uh, eight o'clock, that's really a four hour window. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, screw it. I'll just have my, my meal then. And the one thing I kind of grasped at least with the fasting beyond all the autophagy, huf- uh, all that mm-hmm. stuff that just kind of really th- flew over my head was just make sure you eat enough. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also easy to overeat, but just make sure you eat enough. And then I kind of thought about it, right? And then this is when I started to do more of, um, I started getting, I got out of painting, started doing training full time. Um, and I was like, I came across the, uh, the book, The Warrior Diet. Mm-hmm. And I don't, if you, are you guys familiar with I'm it? I'm familiar with Warrior Diet. So it's basically what I'm doing now. Um, what I'm doing now actually is a little bit more extreme than mm-hmm. that. But I was just like, look, if I can get all my calories in and... I never was one to track, um, even though it was tracked already. I didn't mm-hmm. really keep track of what it was. Can I just eat once a day? Mm-hmm. So basically, what happened was I tried it. Mm-hmm. And anytime you start fasting, you're gonna be hungry. Um, but then the window got close or um, tighter and tighter, and then basically just became one meal to the point where I was like, you know what? Like you really realize what hunger is. You know, you know how people, oh, I'm starving. God, I need to eat. It comes back to the mental. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right, man. Yeah. Like it just, it, it was between your, my ears. Like mm-hmm. it, that's all it was. And, and I still, like, I feel full. Like I, I mean, I'm still being able, I'm still able to do the things I'm able to do off of one meal a day. But if you look at what I'm eating, um, you know, I might as well just tell you what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. I eat, I eat pretty low carb. Okay. Um, by no, low carb, I mean, I don't really eat carbs other than vegetables. Um, a lot of meat, a lot of eggs and then veggies. Um, I'll have fruit too. Like I like apples or sometimes I'll like Costco has good dried mangoes. So mm-hmm. I'll grab those. Oh, I don't track <laughs> how much I'm eating, but I know like I'll eat a steak like I don't know, like at least two pounds. As big as you can buy, probably. Well, like Costco has big ribeyes. So yeah. like I'll do it. I don't worry about how much fat there is on it. Like I'll eat right. the fat. Sometimes I won't. Um, but what I found is when you're doing that type of diet, when you're fasting, you get to eat until you're full. When I was doing the six meals, it'd be like, boom, it'd be gone. And then yeah. be like, okay, two hours from now, I get yeah. to eat another small size meal. Yeah. Whereas now I get to come home. Um, and because of the way my schedule is, which is crazy, it's like I'm up at three, I come, I work out, and then I work the rest of the day. But then when I come home, 
I get to make fresh food. I mean, I mean, not any fresh, fresh, but I get to make it fresh yeah, and yeah. it's going to be cooked right there. Not I don't have to eat it out of a Tupperware. Yeah. Right. So it tastes a bit better. Um, and I, I'll just eat like I'll, I'll eat. And then I kind of use the warrior diet thing where stop eating once you're more thirsty than hungry. And that rule just works for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll eat like one, some days, you know, I won't eat vegetables or whatever and I'll just eat more meat. But what I found is it's so satiating. It's yeah. hard to eat a lot of it, but it is pretty calorically dense. Mm-hmm. So man, I'm going to need you to, to send me a picture of what one of these meals looks like. Dude, yeah. I was, I will. Okay. Some so cave, I, some caveman <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because well, I mean like, well, like for example, yesterday, this is what I ate. Yesterday I had a two pound ribeye. Uh huh. I had eight eggs. Nice. I had um, two cups of snap peas, two cups of cherry tomatoes, and then a little, what, probably like a cup of dried uh, mangoes. And then I had a protein shake. Mm-hmm. So that, that's got to be pushing at least 2,000 calories. Yeah. So I my mean, goal, like, itself. I need to be around right. 2,000. I yeah. think that's good for me. And even mm-hmm. if it's like a bit more, I'm not too concerned. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I don't track it. Yeah. I'm sure if I could, if I really wanted to. But low carbs, um, just because for me, I'll, I'll overeat on carbs. If I have rice, yeah. I'll eat. I'll eat it until it, there's no more rice in the house. You know what I mean? So versus the other stuff, just feels a bit better. How do you find it is like being on that low carb diet with with the performance aspect of things? Honestly, because I man, think that's feels- like that's one of the things really is they say to for performance athletes, yeah. maybe you know endurance athletes. I think that high fat. Diets become really popular, but yeah. performance athletes, it's kind of steering towards. Yeah, especially right? for the uh, the explosive movements, yeah. too, right? That's yeah. what they're always saying. I don't know. I haven't felt any, I guess, repercussions from it, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel fine. Like, I, I mean, I wake up, like everybody, you're a little groggy, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then once I kind of get into it, I'm into it. Like, I think, I don't know. I want to say it comes back to what goes on in your head. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah it really does for me. Like it doesn't take a lot for me to really get going. Like I can focus in, I know exactly. I've written down. What did I do last time? I did this. Okay. Well I got to do that or a bit better. better. That's how I work. If I do that or a bit better, you're, you're good. And even if I don't, even if I don't, who cares? You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I'm going to care. It's yeah. going to hurt a little bit, but I know I'm going to have another shot next week. Yeah. I know I'm going to have this. I know I'm going to have that. And that kind of comes back to how am I figuring out if it's working or not, mm-hmm. right? If I feel really down in the dumps, well, crap, I got to change something. Something's not working, but mm-hmm. that hasn't happened. Like, to be honest, like it, it just keeps getting better and better and better, like in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the diet has helped a lot and it's helped in other aspects than just training and nutrition. Like the fact that I don't have to meal prep saves like usually Sundays would have been my meal prep day. Mm -hmm. And that would have taken hours like Tupperware, this I'm not cleaning Tupperware all day. I'm Mm -hmm. doing this. Like, honestly, I eat about the same thing almost every day. I've gotten so efficient at cooking the timing and everything's washed and put away by the time I'm done. Yeah. 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 It's great. Like, and you know, people will ask me like, Oh, like, how is it like when you go out or something, you know? And like, it depends too. I don't try, I don't usually, I don't do the one meal every single day. Some mm-hmm. days I'll have two or three meals, you know, it depends. Usually on the weekends, like mm-hmm. today I'm going to go out. Like I haven't eaten today yet, but I'll probably go out. I'll probably and it's eat. it's four o'clock. We should note that it's four o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Well, usually, I usually eat at five. That's okay. usually when I eat. Yeah. Just to kind of how my work schedule works. 
But like I've, I've, flirt, I've done some crazy stuff, man. I've done a five day fast before where I didn't eat, um, for five days. All I had was coffee and water. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that. I remember seeing you I was still training, still too. training in the gym. Well, on, you on had the to test it the full, full effect. Is there any, uh, like supplementation going on around the diet? So, yeah, that's a good question. There is. So I'll, I'll, I usually take a pre-workout in the morning. Um, I'll have, uh, creatine, um, Blonix creatine. It's like plus HMB mm-hmm. and then beta alanine. And then I'll have some BCA. So that's like what I drink during my workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and then water, um, at nighttime or I guess in the afternoon when I do break my fast and I usually break my fast with a protein shake just so it's, um, kind of coats your stomach. I feel like it's, it's so a shock to the system. It is like if and it's like liquid, so it's not as bad as like just shoving steak and eggs down. Yeah. But, um, so I'll have a scoop of another scoop of creatine, a scoop of isolate protein, whey, and then casein. Mm-hmm. And then that's what I have. Cool. So I don't know if that's a lot or a little. I feel like that's a little compared to some, but then it could be a lot compared to others. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I need the BCAs, but the first time I ever took BCAs, everything got better. So I'm kind of like creature habit. <laughs> is it, that is it a magic pill? <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick know. with it anyways. Yeah. It tastes good. It's a little sweet. So yeah. it's not it adds flavor to the creatine and stuff like that anyways. Which so is what it. was the, what, what do you feel like the result was from that five day fast? Cause that was, that's pretty extreme. Uh, if I'm being honest, I wanted, I, I was, I was listening to a lot of fasting podcasts at the time. And I kept hearing about, uh, I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. Well, <laughs> maybe not people listening yeah, to yeah, hungry yeah. people. <laughs> no, just, I guess people talking about it, yeah, you know, yeah. all these benefits and why you should try it or I'm sure just like anything it. else, man, there's going to be like the kind of gurus in the space mm-hmm. who are going to want to. Yeah. So that, yeah. Um, sorry. The, okay. Why would I get out of yeah. it? It was, uh, if I got anything out of it, it was one, I could do it, yeah. which was really the big thing. Once I set my mind on something, I'm going to do it. Like when I was nine and I was like, I'm going to play pro football. I freaking did it. You know what I mean? Um, which kind of hurt me cause it's like, I didn't have any other goals after that. Right. Which is why probably I didn't play for as long as I could have. But anyway, so for the fast thing, it was like, you know what? All these people say that, you know, doing a prolonged fast is good for you. You know what I mean? You can, it's kind of like a natural cleanse in a way you get all this crap out of your body. And then the idea is to put reintroduce foods. Um, and then whatever. So I was like, okay, let's try it though. My plan was not to reintroduce like just random stuff. I was just like, okay, can I do this? Let's just try. Um, I wanted to train while doing it cause I was interested in seeing how my performance would suffer or if it'd suffer. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it did a little bit more just like soreness, mm-hmm. not so much the numbers. The recovery just wasn't there. No, no. Yeah. Cause there was, I mean, there's nothing to that recover. Sense, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, I lost like 10 pounds, which was like crazy. It didn't feel like I lost 10 pounds, yeah. but it was like, what the hell? Like it just gone. Yeah. Um, but if anything, it was, I was trying to hold myself to something and I did that. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like, oh, you're kind of a psycho. I, I, <laughs> I kind of, I don't want to say I kind of like being different that way, but like so many people tell me I'm crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like why, why that's crazy. You don't need to do that. Of course you don't need to do that. Nobody mm-hmm. needs to do a lot of things, yeah. but like, 
why not? I like testing myself. You know, that's why I got all these little challenges going on the side. I need something to like push myself, you know, fire. Would you do it again? I would, I would do it again. I think if I did it again, I would probably make it more, not more difficult, but no coffee, Mm -hmm. no supplements, just water. And my training would be on a deload week for sure. Mm -hmm. Cause that's, uh, just like I was pretty wrecked, like just soreness. It took me a while to kind of get back, but, uh, but yeah. If you were speaking to somebody who wanted to, or maybe somebody who might be listening to this, who wanted to, um, maybe not jump right into it, but just move towards the direction of the kind of diet structure you're following right now with the fast and the one feeding session per day. Like what kind of guidelines would you give them? What kind of risks would you tell them to look out for? Whether that be like physically, mentally, or just, you know, overall well being type of things. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it kind of depends. Like if you're somebody who's your eating habits aren't very good right now, I think I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even start with the fasting, right? right? Like if you're eating processed foods, kind of like how I was at when I was a kid mm-hmm. and that's the main thing of your diet, then get used to eating whole foods, For get sure. used to eating real foods. If you're somebody who's like already pretty good there and you just want to kind of see if that works, I would start with the eight hour window mm-hmm. and try to get at least two meals in, in that eight hours. And, um, again, keep track of like at the beginning, keep track of like how many calories maybe you're eating now versus then and got to figure out how you're going to fit that Mm -hmm. in because like that's a big thing too like a lot of people either overeat because when they do break their fast they're eating crap Mm -hmm. and it's just huge 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 portions of calorically dense food or they're not eating enough because like something that happened like your stomach kind of shrinks you Mm -hmm. get full pretty quick but like you kind of build that um yeah, I don't know if I could ever recommend somebody to just do once a day. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a decision that I think you got to make on your own and figure out what works best for you. This is I've been doing this now for this is 3 years, mm-hmm. just the one meal and I I mean I haven't to be honest, I haven't got any blood work done or mm-hmm. anything, but I feel pretty damn good. Yeah. Um I'm able to perform well. I'm not like losing anything. I'm not like passing out or anything like that. Like it works for me. Um, but it kind of goes back to what we said earlier, right? Like find what works for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? If yours is a freaking nine hour eating window, then do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's four, <laughs> eight three, hours, whatever. 45 minutes, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Definitely drinking a lot of water, um, is huge though, especially when you're fasting. Yeah. Um, and something that I found that helps me a lot and the research backs this one up, um, mm-hmm. is coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I drink it black because they say you can put a little bit of uh, milk or cream in there. It doesn't, not going to do much, but, uh, no sugar. Mm-hmm. It just kind of helps push it a bit further. I yeah. guess. Yeah. If, if Suppresses the appetite in exactly. the first initial period. Yeah, man. I want to, uh, just sidestep this conversation for a little bit. Talk mm-hmm. specific to football. Okay. Yeah. Um, so two things that have been on my mind, uh, one for the la- for the entire season, and one in the last probably week or week or two, has been two uh, two NFL players. So okay. you're a fan of the NFL? I'm, I'm gathering. I am, but I don't like. I'm a fan. Yeah, I don't watch football though. Like I don't really watch it, but I know enough. Okay, I know the players. So there's a player plays for the Tennessee Titans, absolute unit. Yeah, uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah, have you heard much about him? Have I heard much? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know the players. Yeah. I just don't okay. like sit down. Every, I'm not a Sunday guy. Yeah. Okay, I got all my screens on. You know, got but yeah, my nachos. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on Derrick Henry, man. This guy's uh, a running back. He's he can't an teach that. Monster. Yeah. <laughs> he's crazy, man. Like he's 
he's having an outstanding postseason too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, genetically, he, he's second to none. Like yeah. you can't teach that. No, you're not yeah. supposed to be that big and that fast. That fast. But everything, like he's huge. He's six four, like two forty. And runs like what four or five at least mm-hmm. at the minimum. Like how are you gonna stop that? You know what I mean? <laughs> when they when the Titans played the Seahawks, uh, or sorry, I forget who they were playing. Maybe Baltimore. Yeah, they were playing Baltimore. Yeah. So I watched a highlight of him where he stiff arms an opponent, and the guy spins. Or, and this is like an all pro uh, safety. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Stiff arms him. The guy spins around so hard from the stiff arm, and then he shoves him in the back yeah. into another player. It was uh, like, Earl Thomas. Did, yeah, Earl Thomas. Yeah. Like, this guy just turned <laughs> a, like an opponent into a blocker for him. Yeah, it's crazy because you don't. It's like I don't know. It's kind of like the NBA. Like you watch the NBA on TV, and you're like, oh, okay, like whatever. But you don't realize how tall everybody is until you're yeah. sitting on the floor yeah. and watching yeah. these massive monsters. Right. Run so now there. think about the NFL, like. He's visibly bigger than everybody. And these guys are massive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's crazy. Like I'm sure he's he's like I'm sure he's worked as well, mm-hmm. right? Which is why he's where he's at. But like definitely genetically he's been gifted with some talent, but he's making the most of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. Um cool. And then the next one, and this has been a bit of a saga. So I'm a Raiders fan. Oh my god. Um I have to bring this up. I have to bring this up. This guy started the the uh, preseason with the Raiders. If you're a fan of the Antonio TV show, Brown. Hard Talks, yeah, gotta talk about Antonio Brown. I uh <laughs> Will this guy even even see a football a professional football field? I would be surprised again? if he didn't. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he did though either. He's one of the greatest receivers I think that I've ever saw. Um, but the thing, and this is the thing, like this same kind of thing with like Odell Beckham. If you've heard about what's going on right yeah. now with him, yeah. like you guys Jesus. have all the eyes on you. Yeah, receivers are kind of known for that, right? But you, it's about how you carry yourself. Like, don't. If you have all these eyes on you, why are you acting like an idiot? Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. When it comes into his uh, case in particular, I don't know. He should. He said, she said, right? But like, it just seems like, dude, like, you're not God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, clearly, they don't need you as much as you think they need you, or else they would have kept you, or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, just because you're making millions, and that's the problem with a lot of pro sports and like these young athletes come up and you're like 22 and you get, you're a millionaire, yeah. multi-millionaire money for the rest of your life. If you're smart about it, like, and you just blow it. You do this, you do that. Then you get used to that. Then you think you're this, you think you're that. Like there's no humbleness anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's just, I don't know. I think it's sad because I see younger generations. They look up to players like that. Right. Definitely. Well, that's how they act. So that's how, and I see it with some of the guys I coach, some of the kids I coach, right? It's like, why, why you, you're not them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even if you were them, you, you, I hope to God, you never act that way. For sure. Like it's just, yeah. it just seemed, I don't know. I find it sad because it, it wasn't always like that. Like when I was growing up, I looked up to like players like, um, Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Brian Urlacher. I mean, Ray Lewis is a, mur- is a murderer, but <laughs> I know. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time though, when I was young, yeah. but if you ever listen to him speak, like it's, it's all positive stuff. Yeah. You know For what sure. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yes. I, guess, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He murdered somebody. But, 
But yeah, um, different guys like that. So. That's yeah, uh, Casey. Man, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show yeah, here man. today. It's, uh, been a it's been awesome having you on. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can kind of find you on social media and everything? Yeah, so I um, I have Twitter and Instagram. I don't use my Twitter, but it's the same handle. It's at chintzy underscore five. Um, I'm active on Instagram just about every day. Yeah. So that's probably the best place to go. If you ever have like questions and stuff uh, that you want to ask. Or for like for questions and coaching, everybody that's chintzy underscore five, or if you just want to go there and feel really lazy <laughs> watching Casey work out. <laughs> Come on, man. Nah, yeah, for me, it's at Mark Poston Fitness. At Benjamin Jasek. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And just a reminder to stay locked in.